Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silver, and today's guest is Dr. Donnie Wilson. And Dr. Donnie is a nationally celebrated naturopathic doctor, certified professional midwife, and certified nutrition specialist who helps high performers reverse engineer health by understanding genetic tendencies and helping them to recover from stress exposure. Her clients report peak energy, restful sleep, optimal weight and memory, enhanced fertility, and an overall sense of feeling younger. Dr. Johnny is an international speaker and the best-selling author of The Stress Remedy, Stress Remedies, Stress Warrior, and The Natural Insomnia Solution. So many of the symptoms tied to a betrayal have to do with unmanaged chronic stress. But here's the thing. Your betrayal probably caused enough damage. Having a multitude of physical symptoms because of it only makes it worse. Want to know how to reduce some of the symptoms stress can cause? My guest, Dr. Donnie, will be sharing her wisdom so you can understand what your stress is doing and do something about it. Here we go. Oh, I am really excited today. We have Dr. Donnie Wilson on. And I mean, you know, stress isn't good for you. You know, stress can affect you uh, mentally and emotionally. She's also going to let you know how stress is affecting you physically, too. We have so much to discuss around the topic of stress. So welcome, Dr. Donnie. Thank you. So glad to be here. Uh, thank you. So w- give us a better understanding of stress. The the general, what is it, what it does, and we'll take it from there. That's the thing is that we, I mean, we usually do think of stress as the emotional stresses, especially say if there is a, a, a relationship stress or a betrayal that someone's recovering from. Um, also just stress in terms of finances sometimes or parenting or to-do lists or job stress and deadlines, right? We can just, there's this list of like, in some ways we, we just assume that there's going to be a certain level of these daily stresses going on in our mind. Your um, list just made me stressed. <laughs> right. That's the thing is that mm-hmm. it, we can stress about stress mm-hmm. and there's studies to show you you know, stressing about stress is an issue. The thing is, is that, so we don't want to stress about stress, but we also don't want to ignore it because it's affecting us either way. So I figure, hey, if, if you know, we don't want to stress about it and make it worse, but if we ignore it, that's not good either. So we need to embrace it and understand it. And so I'd love to share more about how we can find this middle place with stress where we are actually outsmarting it and we're recovering from it and we're staying healthy even though stress is there because we know we can't eliminate it all. It's it's part of life. Um, and I would even um, go extend it from that psycho-emotional stress to stresses in the forms of certain foods. You know, basically anything that causes uh, our bodies to have to make a modification or um, improvise or compromise because of this exposure. So sometimes it's say from have eating too much sugar, for example, could be a stress for our system or too many carbohydrates or even just too large of a meal. You know, anything that just now our body has to digest that food and our insulin has to manage the blood sugar. And so it's a, it's somewhat of a stress to our system. And, and you know what, I would love to get into all of that, but let's just get into the mechanics of it first. So let's say we feel stressed 
from our betrayal. And mm-hmm. it's, it is causing stress because now we also may have financial stress or we don't have both parents taking care of the kids or whatever it was. So tell us, give us the mechanics first of, of what does that stress do to our bodies? How will we know it's unmanaged stress that's creating the symptoms that we have? Mm-hmm. It's, and this is the thing is there's a lot of researchers who've studied exactly what happens when we're exposed to stress. Even if you think of the stress of, say, a fire alarm going off, right, and you you can almost feel like this adrenaline feeling, heart racing, your attention gets focused, you're probably going to be sweating. You know, think of that kind of um, stress response that happens with an acute stress. And what's happening is our brain is, is perceiving stress. Our, I think of it like our bodies are really built as like a stress radar system. You know, we we don't have to try to notice stress. Our bodies are constantly aware of the different stresses that are around us. And so when stress happens in any form, it sends a signal, a couple signals. One of the main signals is to the adrenal glands. The adrenal glands are down by the kidneys. They're not in the brain. So it goes from your brain to down in your lower back. And the adrenal glands make our stress hormones. So the adrenal glands make cortisol and the adrenal glands also make adrenaline. So it's these adrenal glands sending out a cortisol response and an adrenaline response that causes the symptoms that we think of with, with when we feel stressed. Maybe we feel anxious, heart racing, sweating, you know, that feeling of like being stressed. But the thing is, is that that's a healthy response. We want to, if, if there's an alarm going off, we want to be able to run. <laughs> so that's a good thing. The issue happens when we're under constant stress over and over and over all day long. In that case, our bodies don't really have a chance to recover from the stress. See, what should happen is the stress happens. We have a stress response. We get out of the trouble, whatever's going on. And then we breathe and really relax and we recover. Is this why when you see animals sometimes, sometimes like I have six dogs and I will see them do, you know, playing or being really rough with each other and then they'll shake. Is that sort of like I'm done with the stress and I'm shaking it off? I love it. Yeah, it's true. Animals have a really great way of just shaking out the stress. And sometimes you can even notice it for yourself where you can kind of have an awareness for like, you know, okay, the stress Mm -hmm. is done. I can kind of like take a deep breath and, and allow that stress recovery to happen. But so much of our lives, we don't get much of the stress recovery time. We're just racing from one thing to the next. And so what happens is when we're under this constant stress response, is our bodies adapt to that. They're trying to help us out. The body is really trying to help us keep going under a lot of stress. It's just that at a certain point in time, that adaptation starts to affect our body in other ways. So say our, when we're stressed, our cortisol goes up in order to respond to the stress, but say the stress never ends and our cortisol stays high, now that cortisol is signaling a higher signal out to the body. So here's the piece, the next piece to understand. Cortisol communicates through our whole body to everything. And in fact, I talk about it in terms of four major systems, but these four major systems, when you hear them, I think you're going to go, aha, no wonder I feel these symptoms when I'm stressed. Mm -hmm. So Cortisol affects the digestion is number one. And so we can relate to that, right? Either butterflies in the stomach or we know that stomach ulcers are more common when people are stressed, irritable bowel syndrome, 
right? You can just imagine these digestive symptoms that happen when we're stressed. And maybe some people can relate even from betrayal stress. Maybe you've noticed digestive issues are worse just because of that, because the cortisol is affecting the digestion. And Dr. Downey, I'm going to stop you right there because in the quiz to see to what extent someone is struggling with post-betrayal syndrome, first of all, every woman in my study had some sort of digestive issue and digestive issues are one of the number one physical symptoms that I see constantly. So there's the link right there. Oh, that's incredible. Okay. Yeah, because the cortisol is going to, and you know, instead of sending the, now cortisol, by the way, we don't want zero cortisol. We want a healthy level of cortisol depending on the time of day. Cortisol is an interesting hormone. It should be a little higher in the morning to wake us up and give us energy and then gradually decreasing through the day. So it's lowest at night when we're ready to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So when we're under stress and it shifts from that pattern, maybe to too high more of the day or too high at night when you're trying to go to sleep, then you're going to notice sometimes it's digestive symptoms because it's it's confusing the digestion and you're not going to digest your food very well. And inevitably that's going to create some digestive symptoms for, for some people. Now, the second major system that gets affected is all the different hormones in the body. Mm -hmm. So think of insulin, which means that blood sugar is going to tend to be a little higher or blood sugar fluctuations. People will find they're getting low blood sugar dips. Mm -hmm. It can also affect the thyroid. So some people have low thyroid function or women who are menstruating may have menstrual cycle changes because the ovaries are affected by cortisol. So think of any hormone in the body is going to be thrown off by when cortisol is off track. It's going to send a signal and the hormones are going to be like, oh, what just happened? Something got stressed. We're going to have to shift here. Mm-hmm. You see and, that too? Uh, absolutely. That's another thing. Huge hormonal shifts where people think, women think they're uh, menopausal and they weren't beforehand. And it's it's like the stress put them in mm-hmm. this stage. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is because it basically the ovaries, when the ovaries perceive stress, they kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. So women will miss a period or yeah, miss many periods and then their menopause could start because it's just the ovaries are, their signal is turn off when someone, when you're stressed. And then mm-hmm. when you relax again and recover from the stress, sometimes the ovaries wake back up again and start working again. Um, and I've seen that too. And, and also now is this tied to, I also see accelerated aging. Mm-hmm. The, the the telomeres shorten and things like that. Is there something that is that tied to it too, or something that you see? Well, absolutely. I mean, I think that I look at that in terms of because telomeres, of course, are the you know sort of what is a way that we look at our DNA and how healthy is our DNA, and they relate telomeres to sort of ha- what how old are you related to your actual age. Mm -hmm. And so having long, healthy telomeres is protective of your genes. And that definitely can be affected by stress. I think of it in terms of something called oxidative stress as well, where what happens is our cells and our whole body is in a stress uh, mode. And it actually occurs on a cellular level and a DNA level. It gets to the very core of us, basically, where that stress is affecting us, which, again, can sound kind of scary because we're like, geez, I didn't 
sometimes we didn't choose the stress we're under and we're like, darn it, I really don't want to be aging because of this stress. But I would always turn it back to say the good news is we can reverse and recover from stress. We can reduce oxidative stress. We can we can help telomeres improve. We can help hormones get rebalanced. We can help the digestion get rebalanced. That's what I do all day is really help people recover from stress. So as we're talking about this, think of it as more like identifying, you know, indicators, little, what are the little signal blinking lights in your body that are saying, hey, I can see this stress is affecting me. I'm either, maybe my hair is falling out. I have more wrinkles. I'm feeling more tired. I'm, my digestion's off. These are the little signal lights from your body saying stress is in here. We need Mm -hmm. to do something about it and use it as a motivation to, take care of yourself. And, and you know, it's so incredible. I, I, I'm thinking back to, to how many women who went through the Betrayal of Breakthrough program, when they went through the process of forgiveness, mm-hmm. forgiveness, their faces changed. Mm-hmm. They did. It actually, it was like, there's the fountain of youth right there. And it was, it was in, and I guess the biggest link right there is, well, of course they did so many wonderful things if the, if it was right to forgive, but, but what they did was eliminate, or at least very greatly reduce that stress. So that's what you're saying. There's a, there's a direct link right there. Everything comes back into balance. The other yeah. two systems that are affected, which I think are important to mention, it, one is the nervous system. So we can think of that as when we're stressed, we're more likely to feel anxious. Or for some people, that might be headaches or sleep issues or just mood fluctuations in general. But the nervous system and the messengers in the nervous system called neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine and GABA, when basically, if you think of it like, you know, stress comes in and it just shakes everything up and the neurotransmitters get scrambled. So it's going to affect our mood and our focus and our energy levels and our sleep. And that's why for some people, when they're under stress, all of a sudden they can't sleep or all of a sudden they're getting headaches again or, you know, their mood drops is because this, this cortisol shift causes a neurotransmitter shift, and then you're going to see those symptoms. So I want to dive into that even more deeply because the number one, the number one issue I see is extreme exhaustion, but an inability to sleep well. So they're not sleeping well, but they're exhausted. And the, and of course mood, I mean, there's, there's sadness, anger, rage, depression, all of these things, but you would you, it's easy to assume, I guess, that just the emotion is coming from what they've been through, but you're saying this is based on the cortisol. So explain that a little bit more because mm-hmm. I think I got it, but I just want to make sure mm-hmm. no, everybody hears it. No, and it's such a great it. point because sometimes we do, we think, okay, well, of course I have, you know, depression and anxiety because I went through this stress. At the same time, sometimes we're, we're hard on ourselves about that, or we think, oh, how do I move beyond this and some and a lot of times it's not well known that our neurotransmitters so these these messengers like serotonin are actually made in our bodies and we can 
help them. So if the serotonin is too low, for example, because of stress exposure, which I, I test serotonin levels, I test cortisol levels and I test serotonin levels. So I can actually see when the level is too high or too low. And I often see when, when people have been under a lot of stress, their serotonin levels do tend to be lower. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would always want to test it first. And if it is low, then we can use nutrients to help the body make more serotonin. It's really, it's simple, but it's mind-breaking because it's like, wait a minute, if, if stress and cortisol cause my serotonin to drop and I can do something about that, I can actually take a nutrient and help my body make more serotonin, that's so empowering. That means the solution's in your hands and you can help your body recover. You're not stuck with this imbalance of neurotransmitters and anxiety or sleep issues. We can actually do something about it. Because, yeah, I see all the time how someone is just, they go right to a prescription and, you know, an antidepressant, a mood stabilizer, something to help them sleep. And what you're saying is with certain nutrients, we can help restore what's been, what's been lost. And a lot of times I see people maybe learning that and then trying it, like kind of guessing, kind of assuming, oh, maybe I have low serotonin. Let me try 5-HTP, which is the precursor nutrient. What I encourage is to really work with a practitioner who can measure the levels for you because it's we want you to feel better faster and effectively. And so but instead of guessing, it's much better to test and find out for yourself, hey, is my cortisol high? Let me work, use some nutrients and herbs that help rebalance, bring it back down. Some mm-hmm. cases, the cortisol actually goes too low when a person's under stress. So we wouldn't want to be guessing and using an herb or nutrient that lowers the cortisol if perhaps you have too low already and we need to be using a different herb or nutrient to bring it back up. So it's we can really individualize it. Um, and, and this is an interesting thing is that in the study I did in my practice of 127 adults, I thought I might be able to see patterns or be able to guess, you know, based on a person's symptoms, what is their cortisol or what is their neurotransmitter level? Mm-hmm. And what the study shows is that we really need to test because you can't guess based on the symptoms. Mm-hmm. And and so it really makes a difference to find out for sure what's going on. And then and then when we use that testing and we use the nutrients, we can actually see these levels improve. Um, so, it, it, you know, I know sometimes it's, it's like if you hear about something new, you're like, is this actually going to work? And I can tell you I've been doing this for almost 20 years and it, it really can help. Mm-hmm. So if someone, let's say they are, you do test them and their cortisol is very high, Is what types of nutrients then would you recommend? Of course, Everybody listening, do not take anything unless you're tested. But just to give an idea of what would what would hurt, work and help get levels back to normal in that scenario. No, I love it because it just to give you a sense of like there's things that can help, and there's actually multiple nutrients and herbs that have been shown to help bring cortisol back on track. Um, and I'm because I'm using you know working with thousands of people and getting to try them clinically, I end up finding what tends to work the best for people. Mm -hmm. And then I might go down systematically if we need to try something different. One that um, does really well is called phosphatidylserine, 
which is kind of a mouthful of a word. Phosphatidylserine mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. serine is really a nutrient that our bodies, you know, again, we, we get from our food. Our bodies use it all day long, but we can get a supplement with phosphatidylserine. And it has been shown to basically, I think of it like it helps reset the brain. So if the brain is stuck in stress mode, the phosphatidylserine can come in and say, okay, brain, let's get out of stress mode and start just being in stress recovery and, and a healthy stress responsiveness instead of constant stress mode. Um, and there's different herbs like ashwagandha is one that a lot of people have heard of that mm-hmm. has been shown to help decrease cortisol when it's too high. And so ashwagandha can be used for that purpose. And there's, there's some others too that I'll, that I'll use, but it's, it's, um, and then we're constantly in a process of evaluating. Um, so say you mentioned, you know, people who have trouble with sleep, a lot mm-hmm. of times it can be if cortisol is too high before you're, when you're trying to go to sleep and the cortisol is up high, then, um, we want to use something like phosphatidylserine, ashwagandha or banaba leaf or magnolia root. And we can mm-hmm. get that cortisol to come back down again. But sometimes there's also, say, the complicated, you know, like a low serotonin, in which case then we're going to use um, the precursor nutrients for serotonin to help build that back up. Because serotonin is essentially a calming neurotransmitter. When it comes mm-hmm. to neurotransmitters, there's calming and stimulating. Mm-hmm. And we want to have a balance of the two. You know, we if we're just sort of like a, having a nice balanced day, we'll probably have a nice balance of calming and stimulating, right? We have enough to keep us awake, um, but not so much that we're feeling anxious. And so a lot of times when we're under stress, we actually have a depletion. We, we get depleted in the calming neurotransmitters, right? So if you mm-hmm. don't have enough calming, you're going to really feel every stress that comes along. I know. Mm-hmm. Maybe this makes sense. I don't know. You tell me. Because the digestive system is is affected with stress, and I, I believe melatonin is made in the gut. Is there a link there with our sleep issues? Because sleep is I, such an issue when we're stressed. I love it. Yes. And that's where these, these, these systems that we're talking about are communicating with each other and they're interrelated. So yes. So if the digestion is disrupted by stress and when the, the digestion is disrupted by stress, there's a, something called leaky gut that happens where mm-hmm. basically the intestinal cells are just not as healthy as they could be. And when the intestinal cells are not as healthy, it means we're more likely to not only have food sensitivities and reactions to foods, but we also ha- and we also have a harder time getting our nutrients from our food. And we have a harder time making um, neurotransmitters like serotonin. Serotonin is 90% made in the gut. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, we usually think of these neurotransmitters as kind of far off in our brain somewhere, but to realize, oh my gosh, these neurotransmitters are made from our nutrients in our digestion. So it makes sense if we're stressed and we're not absorbing our nutrients, we're not going to be making serotonin as well. And when serotonin is low, see, serotonin turns into melatonin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if we're low in serotonin, very likely we'll be low in melatonin and melatonin is our sleep hormone, right? So when we're, when it's dark and we're ready to go to sleep, the melatonin comes up and that helps us to get to sleep at night. 
Mm -hmm. So if we're low in serotonin, that means we're, we don't have enough calming in our nervous system. And when we're low in melatonin, it means we're going to have a harder time sleeping. So it, it kind of compiles, right? So sometimes it may start as a digestive issue. And next thing you know, you're feeling anxious and you can't sleep and you're, it feels like it's more and more different things going on. But Mm -hmm. I would say it's one thing. It's, it's the effects of stress just compiling in a vicious cycle. It helps. Yeah, it really affects everything. So let's say someone's cortisol is too low. And of course, Mm -hmm. they've been tested. They find out that it's too low. What are some things that could raise it up then? And a lot of times what happens here is that the cortisol is too low in the morning. Remember how I mentioned that we really want cortisol to be a little bit higher in the morning to wake us up. So if what happens is when we're when we're depleted by stress, these the, the adrenal glands are not able to keep up and make as much cortisol. And so we end up, we wake up in the morning and we're still tired or we're tired a lot of the day because the cortisol is now lower than optimal. And, um, and by the way, when cortisol is lower than optimal, we can also get some of these same symptoms. It's going to throw off the digestion. It's going to throw off the nervous system. It's going to throw off the hormones. And the fourth system I didn't mention yet, by the way, is the immune system. Mm-hmm. So that would be like, say when someone's stressed and they're much more likely to catch a cold or have a viral infection come out, you know, like a maybe right. herpes virus or HPV virus or, mm-hmm. um, or maybe even autoimmunity starts to happen when we're stressed because the immune system is not able to function in its healthiest way when we're stressed. So maybe you can, some people can relate to that as well, where it's like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, that's exactly when autoimmunity came up or that's, I tend to get another sinus infection right when I'm under a lot of stress Mm -hmm. just because the immune system gets thrown off by stress as well. And so I can come back to your question about cortisol though. Yeah, but it's so, I mean, I'm, I'm, thinking about every woman who's taken the quiz and and women in my study and even my own experiences. And it's so true. What you were resistant to on a good day, you absolutely don't, you aren't able to, to fight off as, as if it, you know, if it wasn't bad enough, here you are now you're sick. And, and I know for me, arthritis was an issue too. Um, Yeah. So then you start to feel that inflammation in your body, whether it's joint pain or, you know, or headaches or, you know, anything that's like an inflammation in the body. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it becomes a vicious cycle in on the other factors. Even inflammation, we know, affects our nervous system. So um, a lot of studies show that a lot of anxiety is related to inflammation in the body. And so that stress causing inflammation can also cause some of the anxiety and depression that that people experience. Um, So I bring it back to, you know, let's really understand what it is for you. It's interesting because we're all so genetically unique and we're even unique in how our body responds to stress. So Mm -hmm. some amount, maybe... 10 to 20% of how our body responds to stress is determined by our genetics. So one person may be more likely to have high cortisol at night, or another person may be more likely to have low cortisol in the morning, or some combination of that is um, influenced by our genetics about up to 20%. And then the rest of how we respond to stress is actually based on our prior stress exposure, even since childhood. So it's how sort of our whole experience of stress exposure influences how we respond to stress in any moment. 
Wow. And you know what? It's really easy to see how someone would, they're, they're feeling just overwhelmed, anxious. They don't, they're, they're not sleeping well. Nothing, I mean, nothing is going in the right direction. And you could see why they're reaching for sugar and caffeine, right? They need the energy and they want the boost. Well, especially if the cortisol is low in the daytime, because then you're feeling tired and you're like, okay, I need caffeine. I need some sugar. And you end up, then it's the caffeine and sugar can just make things worse, right? Because we talked about how sugar can be a stress. So now it's just compiling. So what we want to do is- I, Yeah, I, get get us out of this mess, Dr. Donnie. <laughs> get us out. Yeah, it's, it's by understanding it, it actually, something happened where we start to put into action, right? We go, okay, now that I understand what's going on in here, I want to do something about it. I want to be proactive. Instead of just allowing this to happen, you start to realize, hey, I have a say here. I can actually make choices that are going to help my body get back to balance and it's going to feel better. You're going to get ahead of it, you know, and it's, it's, that's when you can really get back to resilience. I call it stress resilience, you know, where you can get the hormones back in balance, get the neurotransmitters back in balance, immune system, digestion, get it all working for you again. So you can just be feeling well again. And, and that, you know, the first step is doing some of these tests to find out where you are with that. Then we identify what's needed for you, which nutrients and herbs, um, are important, you know, based on those imbalances. I always find it's the first most important thing is to help you get out of stress mode. I call it stress mode because if we're in stress mode, that's all that's, we're just going to be there. We just have to first kind of go, how do we help your body get out of stress mode? Get, if there's elevated adrenaline, we're going to get it down. If there's elevated cortisol, bring it down. If they're, you know, like basically just get out of stress mode. And I, and I guide people through that with different nutrients and herbs. And then we might come to the place where we find that there's a, for example, low cortisol where we're now it's just, you're left with the fatigue and we need to help with the rebuilding and restoring. And so there's different herbs that help there. For example, uh, maybe people have heard of rhodiola, Mm -hmm. even green tea um, helps to boost cortisol. Um, B vitamins, um, especially B5 or pantothenic acid, um, even vitamin C helps with the adrenal glands to recover and make cortisol again. Um, and an herb called uh, licorice, not the candy licorice, but the <laughs> And so if we see that the cortisol is too low, we can use these herbs and nutrients often in combination to basically nurture and feed the adrenal glands so they can start to function better again and and start to increase the cortisol levels again. And as that cortisol rebuilds, it's going to start sending a healthier signal out to all the other systems. So Mm -hmm. we create this balance again. And how long should this take? So let's say someone comes to you and they're stressed, they're not sleeping, their immune system is shot, their gut is wrecked. I mean, they're they're just struggling. It it does vary some. You know, some I have some patients where even within a month, um, mm-hmm. they're coming back saying, Oh my gosh, I'm sleeping great, my energy's doubled, I feel like I'm 20 years younger, mm-hmm. you know. I you know, and so sometimes even within a month, we see a big difference. Uh, for some people, it can take a little bit longer, say three to six months. What mm-hmm. I look for is just steady improvement. You know, mm-hmm. it should be if you're working on this, we should every couple weeks be noticing, oh my gosh, something's feeling better. I'm getting out of stress mode. I can feel that I'm more calm. I can manage my daily activities better. I'm getting better sleep. And we just gradually build on that over 
you know, say three to six months until we get to resiliency. And that's the cool part because in resiliency, it's all about now you've learned what your body needs in order to stay healthy. And now you just get to maintain that. You just get to get to keep making those same choices that help keep you there. Mm, terrific. So Dr. Donnie, how do we find out more about you? Where can we find you? You can find me at, at drdonnie.com. It's spelled D-O-N-I. So D-R-D-O-N-I.com. Terrific. I want to thank you so much because part of betrayal is there is that stress component. And then we have all these symptoms and illnesses, conditions, even disease. So thank you for helping uh, give us a way out of it. I want to thank you so much for your time. I'd love to, if you don't mind, I'd love to share um, my most recent bestselling book. Of course. It's called The Stress Warrior. Well, isn't that appropriate? (laughs) It's perfect for this because I really, this is why I wrote it is because I see that so many people struggling with stress exposure and trying to figure out how to recover. And, and so I see it as when we're working through and recovering from stress and getting to that resiliency, that's becoming a stress warrior. That's embracing and understanding stress and making choices to stay healthy while stressed. And so um, you can get the Stress Warrior book. Just go to stresswarriorbook.com mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to get the ebook for free there. And I also have my seven day stress reset for free. So you can go and already get started on the path of stress recovery with a stress reset. Oh, that's so helpful. And we're going to have all of your information in the show notes too. Okay. So that's so helpful. Dr. Donnie, thanks again. Wow. It's one thing to know you're stressed. It's another to know that your stress is behind the hormonal shifts, sleep issues, weight gain, immune and digestive issues, nervous system changes, accelerated aging, and so much more. Stay in touch with Dr. Donnie by visiting her at drdonnie.com and be sure to grab her book at stresswarriorbook.com. Of course, we'll have everything in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Stress impacts just about every system and organ in the body. And one issue is absolutely tied to the next. Don't guess here about what uh, to take in order to balance your cortisol levels though. Get tested so you know what your levels are and you know what can bring them either up or down. When they're balanced, you'll notice more energy, better sleep, and even a more youthful glow. (laughs) And what stress-related symptoms is your betrayal leaving in its wake? You can find out by taking the post-betrayal syndrome quiz. Just go to pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz and let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough. Breakthrough.